Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. You're tuned in to Real-Time Relationships. Enter the world of successful relationships. You'll get insider tips on how to navigate the perils and pitfalls of modern dating and up-close-and-personal real-life stories you can relate to from Dr. Camarado's personal clients. Dr. Marianne Camarado is a relationship expert, author, and media personality who continues to enjoy her own long-term successful relationship. And now, here's Real-Time Relationships with Dr. Marianne Camarado. Hey everyone, so glad you could be with us today because we're going to be talking about sex, S-E-X, and our aging bodies. What? Right? Do those go together? What the heck? Oh yeah, we need to be together to have this conversation. You are in the right place. So glad you made time. We're going to explore sex, our aging bodies, with two amazing women, one of whom is in a relationship, the other not. And we're going to talk about some concerns we have uh, in this arena. For women, these, these concerns may include lack of interest, difficult with, difficulty with lubrication, pain with penetration, inability to climax. Oh, yeah, I'm saying it all. I'm saying the words. Can you, I can feel your body's already contorting. And then the social or psychological concerns for men, uh, there are issues of impotence, lower libido, decreased ability to keep an erection. Um, we're going to be discussing that from the women's point of view. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Harvard research that's out there, about the difference between uh, men and women uh, in terms of their aging, uh, sexuality, and so, so on and so forth. So, Ladies, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words here because I, you know, I get a little shy when we want to talk about sex myself, and I'm a relationship specialist, so I can only imagine the two of you, I'm going to introduce you right now, uh, how you must be feeling. And I want to start there, Kathy and Teresa. Welcome to the program. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for inviting Thank us. Yeah. How are you feeling? Good. I, yeah? I'm actually feeling really, good. I'm really excited to talk about this, honestly. <laughs> Great. And, and Kathy, how about you? How are you feeling about this? I am very excited. There's a lot for women to know. Yeah, there's a lot for women to know. There's a lot for men and women to know. And by Absolutely. the way, right, we want to be inclusionary here. So whether you're heterosexual, <clears throat> uh, queer, trans, you know, whatever, fill in the blank now. I think we have 105 different ways to identify our sexuality today. Wow. So, so listen up. But today we're going to be talking about the demographic of our population. And while you may not fit in this demographic, you certainly know someone who does. So listen up. It could be your mother, your auntie, your uncle, uh, whoever it is. This, this population, the baby boomer population, is one of the biggest populations on the planet right now. So it's important to be exploring these concerns, no doubt. So you're in the right place. Ladies, let's start by talking about... When you both first noticed changes 
in your body as it relates to being sexually intimate and aging. When did this first arise for you? Let's start with you, Kathy. When did you first notice this change? I really noticed it after the birth of my third child. I was 37. Mm -hmm. And I kind of talked it up to just being exhausted with three babies. Mm -hmm. And so you noticed a physical exhaustion. What were the sort of the stories you were... Yeah, say more about that for us. I was physically exhausted. I was dry. It hurt. I wasn't interested in it anymore. Mm-hmm. What about the idea of, oh, gosh, I don't want to have another baby right now? <laughs> okay. Well, that wasn't a problem because I had a um, tubal ligation. So okay. it was like, okay, okay, that's done. We don't have to worry about that. But I just wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. And how was that for your partner at the time? Frustrating, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think it was definitely frustrating for him because I was no longer interested. I it was not, you know, don't bother me type mm-hmm. thing. And how did that impact your relationship? Well, probably not good now that I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. But I think it contributed to part of it, part of the divorce, amongst other things. Because I think your physical attraction, you have to be physical with your partner. You've got to have that touch. You have to have that intimacy. And when you Mm -hmm. don't have that, you lose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's certainly that's the most popular belief. We're going to get back to that. How much sex do we have to have, right? I've I've been interested in that. And is it an imperative to intimacy? The, the question is out there looming for folks over a certain age. Teresa, tell us a little bit about when, thank you, Kathy. Uh, Teresa, tell us a little bit about when you first noticed the changes in your body as this relates to aging and being sexually intimate. Well, you know, what's interesting is that, like, in my 20s, I was just a horn dog. And then in my 30s, uh, I felt even more sexual because I, I think I understood my body better and mm-hmm. I became less inhibited and so I was able to enjoy it more because I was working on myself and I think you know for me sex has a lot to do with my psychological point or my my psychological you know status right so when I was doing a lot of self-work I found my sex life was better and uh, because I think it was more self-love and all that goes with it um, and then in my 40s, you know, it kind of, I reemerged, like some, I had like a reemergence of, you know, interest in sex and being with someone and all that. And then, it, you know, it's really actually until my mid-50s, and then in the last five years, I've noticed a lack of interest. Mm-hmm. So it just took like a plunge. And I think, you know, the last time I was intimate with someone, it was not a good experience uh, because I, you know, I think I my vagina died in those five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it can die, and I didn't, and I was so freaked out by it that, and then I come to just recently find out through Kathy, thank you very much, that um, that there's that you can do something about that, and I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, in, in every way, and we're going to get to that as well. Vaginal atrophy is something that can actually happen, does happen, and. Kathy, and, and we'll be talking about sort of the, the remedies for that or, or certainly courses of action that we can get to. Um, so let's go back, Kathy, and talk a little bit about that that place where, you know, you'd had your kids 
and there you are not feeling as amorous or into it and your partner isn't really loving that. Let's talk about the, the climate. I want to just slow down there because this is where a lot of people, their, their, their relationships really do start to deteriorate and fall apart. Um, let's just pause there a little bit and even imagine having the conversation, the conversation with yourself about what's happening, and, and how do you even say something to your partner? Can you even imagine it? Like, what would you even say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do know what you're saying. I think um, the conversation that we should we, we should have is making the time for each other. And it's not about the kids all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and why do you think we don't have that conversation? Do we, are we afraid to ask for it? Or is it that age where we're not comfortable asking for what we want? We don't know how to articulate it? In your opinion, what do you think about that? I think you get so caught up in the moment, you just don't think about it. You don't really see the issue. You're so busy with the kids. You're so busy with your work. You're struggling with ten different things, and that's just one more thing you don't want to think about. Got it. Okay, so as this relates to aging now, because, mm -hmm. you know, I remember the first time somebody called me ma'am. I remember exactly where I was standing, <laughs> right? I looked over my shoulder, certain they were talking to somebody else. I just, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I am not ready to be a ma'am. I was 30-something. And I promptly went and found a mirror and looked at myself, and I thought, oh, my God, is this a ma'am? Am I a ma'am? What does that mean, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Do you? Yeah. What was that like for you? What do you remember? Oh, I just remember, and there was a kid that, I mean, I say kid now, but at the time, I was probably in my 30s also, and it was like a grown, you know, a young adult calling yeah. me ma'am, and I'm like, oh, my God, when did I become old? Like, mm -hmm. this is the first mm -hmm. thing you think, when did I become old? Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, I better take a look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about same you, Kathy? reaction. It was probably about the same time, and absolutely, you turn around and you look around going, who are they talking to? It couldn't be me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, is my mom here and I don't know it? Right, right. <laughs> well, it better be the person standing next to me, not me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of burns still, right? I yeah. don't know about you. It kind of physically, I feel a certain way, <clears throat> like almost like a blow. And it's not, I'm, I can't always tell. Is it the ego that's getting a knock or what? How about you both? What do you think? Can I tell you that a woman actually in a conversation last week was talking about something, and she goes, you know, and she was like an older woman like you, and I thought I was going to oh, die. Oh, my she actually, And she was in her 20s, like late oh. 20s. <laughs> she goes, an older, you know, an older woman like you. And I'm just like, and she said it so innocently, and my, right. my stomach just clenched. Yeah. Went, yeah. I, uh, it was shocking. Yeah. 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 So I went right. from ma'am, which that would be like a compliment to older woman, which, yeah. you know, pretty much. Right. That's even worse. I have to yeah, say, older worse. woman is way worse. Way worse. But, yeah. I mean, guess what? I am. I'm okay. 60 mm -hmm. years old. That's considered an older woman. Right. Even though I, I don't feel like it. Right. 
And so how about when the younger folks start to, they recognize the sensitivity, particularly in the baby boomers generation. I mean, this is a real, very conscious of appearance and aesthetics. And they'll start to say, well, not older like 70, that's like ancient, you know, not old like so-and-so, but you know what I mean. And you're like, you know what, stop talking. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's just real life. You're going to be there one day. Just yeah. But guess what? But nobody gets to get away with it. Everybody yeah. is going to get older. Everybody. So, and like your and, day will come. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yes, here we are with the, the piece that it's worth going down the rabbit hole about. Is it seems like such a a sentence. Doesn't it? Does. It, it feels derogatory. It feels uh, insulting. It's almost like I'm almost like you're ashamed of being older. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, you know I'm starting to looking looking at it a little bit differently. I have to say, and yeah. that is, I'm proud to be my age. Mm-hmm. I have no problems telling people how old I am. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Because you know what? These are battle scars at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This body has seen some things. <laughs> Absolutely, my body's got lots of character. My yeah. Yeah. my body. But these are. This is my growth. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. proud to be where I'm at now versus my twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly psychologically, right? That sense of yourself. I think a lot of women feel this sort of a sovereignty that they didn't feel before, kind of like the, the, this is who I am, I'm comfortable in my skin, right? That is, that is exactly. a lovely, lovely feeling, absolutely. I wish I felt like Kathy in the sense that, you know, um, I look at pictures of me in my 20s and it makes me sad. Hmm. Say more about that. Well, or even my 30s and it makes me sad because I was really pretty, you know, mm-hmm. and... I know. I, you I mean, still I'm are. Idiot. I know, but I'm, I'm not hideous anymore or anything. But I'm just saying, I was—I didn't even realize how attractive I was. I really didn't. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't know it. And I wish I like felt. I wish I was more present when I was like that. But yeah, I do. I get. I get very sad when I look at old pictures. And mm-hmm. sometimes people post things on Facebook, like you know those memory things, mm-hmm. like some of my high school friends. And I just, as soon as I see him, I like, I like shudder for a minute, you know, and I'm just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to know how good I used to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a reason for that. And going back to, you said something, Teresa, about shame. And mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about where, where do we learn to be ashamed of aging? And then we're going to talk about how that works its way into the sexuality conversation because you can feel good about yourself, Kathy, in your body, in your battle scars, and you, Kathy, are in a relationship with someone who reflects that love. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But Teresa is not in a relationship, and so the rest of her world, half of which are, you know, males, some of which may be potential partners, she's faced with another scenario. Let's talk about the differences there and how that affects the psyche. Right when right. your situation, Kathy. Let's start with you. How you know? Do you feel supported by your partner in your aging process? And tell us about that. Absolutely. 
I feel very supported. He likes everything about this aging. He likes the age. He likes the body. He likes all of it, which is huge. But one of the things that I have learned in the last um, probably 10 years, maybe maybe not quite 10, is I'm one of the oddballs. I feel better as I age versus when I was younger. Tell us why. I never felt attractive in my younger years. I was always trying to be the person I'm not. And I guess when I finally hit my 50s, I said, you know what? I'm not going to be any taller than five foot. This is it. <laughs> yeah, I, I am not going to lose these curves. Get over it. Mm-hmm. And how I'm did your experience have change? How did your experience change when you just made that sort of decision, that declaration? It's kind of, it's almost embarrassing, but when I started looking at other people my age that were the blonde, blue eye that I always wanted to be and going, okay, wow, I do look better than that. I am so thankful that I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, there's part of me that's kind of embarrassed to say that, but absolutely. Because I always tried to compete with these girls mm-hmm. in my younger years, these mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it. So, you know, when you're watching TV, you're looking at magazines, and you're looking at all these people that are size two, and that's what you want to be. Yeah. You you don't find yourself attractive. How so is anybody going to like <clears throat> me, or how is anybody right. going to love me? Because I don't look like what they right. portray. So you shifted your self-narrative and created a whole new world for yourself, attracted a man who reflects that, and which is really helping you through some of the challenges that we all face when we're talking about aging and sexuality. We're going to come back to talking about you and your partner in sex in just a minute. Teresa, tell us a little bit about how it is for you um, without a partner and, and facing this, this aging process. Well, it's interesting because I'm drawing the obvious line here that Kathy's feeling good about aging and has a partner and I'm not and don't have a partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, you know, a, a, you know, a duh moment. But um, I don't maybe. know. I, maybe. I, well, I have I, yeah. a fair amount of people in relationship where their husbands have very high expectations. They're doing a lot of plastic surgery because the partner, she doesn't want to lose the husband. She doesn't want to listen to a younger woman. So there is that whole scenario. Yeah, not the obvious line. Yeah, that's day. Yeah. So, but let's talk about you and your experience. Well, I just feel like, I think because I don't have anyone who, you know, is in my life saying, you're beautiful or they're touching me and feeling good about it. And so I feel like I might, my expectations for myself are higher somehow Mm -hmm. that I have to, you know, look like, like that's, I think I'm competing with myself in some ways. Like, I feel like I have to try to look 30, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not 30, and I'm not ever going to be 30 again. And, um, you know, and I, I try to stay in shape, but, you know, when I was in my 30s and I exercised a little, it looked great. And now it's like I do the same exercise, and it's not getting the same results, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not. And, um, you know, my, my clothing size hasn't changed all that much. But it's, I think it's gone up, I've probably gone up one size, and mm-hmm. to me that's huge, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I think I just I'm harder on myself because I'm not getting any feedback from a partner that you know because when you're with someone, I this is at least for me is when I I start seeing myself through their eyes more, and I become more attractive to myself, mm-hmm. and because they kind of they're like reflecting you know and they're and they, and when they truly appreciate you then you you kind of start getting it you know mm-hmm. but it's been a while since I've been in a relationship and I think I've lost sight of that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, and I, you know, I don't walk into a room and have guys, you know, jumping to meet me like it used to happen. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just things, you know, it's almost like I feel like I have to work harder than I've ever had to work before. Mm-hmm. On that note, ladies, we're going to turn to the break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of these social standards, uh, what's happening in our cultural uh, layer uh, around sex and aging when we, when we get back. So sit tight, everybody. We're going to be right back right after these messages. More with our guests, Teresa and Kathy. We're talking about sex and our aging bodies right here on Real Time Relationships with Marianne. If you're over 40, you have particular concerns about dating and relationships. If you've been engaged or married at least once, have children, or realize you can't, suddenly you're using technology as part of a new dating culture. You may be stressed by sexual concerns, diminishing libido, worrying about having sex with an older face and an older body. Despite being older and wiser, you don't want to give up the juicy, fun parts that relationship has to offer. And now, you don't have to. Go to MarianneCamarado.com and find out how. Tune in the fourth Wednesday of each month, dating over 40 at 9 a.m. Pacific time on HealthyLife.net. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward, and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Dating Over 40 explores real-time concerns people have about dating, mating, and relating. You're invited into the intimate world of my amazing clients who've generously agreed to share their experience. The people like you who risk their vulnerability and have the courage to tell their stories and intimate concerns to help you make a difference in your relationships and your life. Tune in to Dating Over 40. Or if you'd like your own private sessions, visit MarianneCamarado.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net.
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is not an easy conversation to have with yourself, never mind out loud in front of the whole world. Ladies, we were just talking during the break. You know, there's a lot to be said here and lots of responses. Teresa, you were just saying something that really touched me, which is, why don't you say it? What, what's coming up for you having well, I this conversation? I'm getting a, I'm really getting a lot of insights about how I've been operating and how, like, I feel like a hamster on a wheel. And I, and it just, I just, I had this, like, sigh when, during the break where I just, like, let go of something as we were talking about this. And I was just realizing how, how hard I've been on myself and how, like, unfair I've been to myself. It's been, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at, at, and listening to Kathy and going, but I do want to be in a relationship again. Like, I really haven't felt like I wanted to be in one. And now I'm really beginning to go, you know what? I forgot that. I feel so good when I'm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for that. And, and you also bring up an important point, and you both have said it in your own way, that we heal in relationship. We're designed to be attached and in relationship. It's how we grow. It's how we learn. Even if that relationship is with the parts of ourselves we're familiar and unfamiliar with. And so the, the piece that I want to point out within that is that men, whatever sexual orientation, man, you're listening, uh, whoever you are, men are going through their own version of this. I want to ask you both, what do you think is happening for men inside this conversation today with regards to aging? Do you think it's similar for them or different? Say something about that, Kathy. I think it's the, I think it's the same. I think they have the same, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, fears. Mm-hmm. Their bodies aren't what they used to be. Uh, they can't get an erection. They haven't. You know, if they can't sustain as long, I think they do have issues with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Teresa? What's your experience? What do you think? Well, it's, you know, it's funny because um, I never really gave it a lot of thought, and then I was out with a guy friend of mine who were the same age, and he's like, God, man, this morning I was looking at myself when I got out of the shower, and I'm just like, really? <laughs> Like he was just like, I can't believe that this is my body. And I was so shocked because I thought, oh, they actually carry on like that too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, I thought that guys just because, you know, they don't wear makeup and they don't have to do their hair and they don't have to do their nails and they don't have all this maintenance and we're always constantly focused on all the maintenance as a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so much there. So I thought guys just didn't care. And when he mm-hmm. said it, I've heard guys that have sat there and go, oh, my God, I've got wrinkles. Who is this person when I look in the mirror? This has got to be my father or grandfather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I just don't look in the mirror. Right. Less less mirrors when we downsize, right? It's the first thing to go. Nobody cares about that. Kathy, tell us. Dim lighting. Right, right. The glass menagerie. <laughs> Revisited. Now we really understand. In high school, we read that like, what? <laughs> like, now we totally get it. Yeah. Kathy, what, what are some of the things your husband's reporting? Have you heard him talk to himself and, and or speak openly with you about his aging process? My Well, I'm not married. Your partner. Sorry, yes, boyfriend. That's okay. Your boyfriend. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of commented here and there uh, as far as, you know, the weight's not what it used to be. 
um, it's redistributed, that type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's your response to that? How does it affect I, you when he talks about it? You know what? It, I feel there's part of me that feels a little bit sad, but then I look at him and go, none of our bodies are what they used to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back out of it. Well, I yeah. want you for what you are. I love yeah. this body. Well, yeah, I'm going to throw something in here that both of you sort of alluded to, but when my husband talks about it, I feel relieved. Yeah, I feel relief all yes. over my bones and mm-hmm. body. I mm-hmm. feel like if my little muffin top is coming, I yep. feel, oh, honey, you've got bigger fish to fry. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get your things on and get some high rise on. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yeah. Not going to reframe my day because of that. Right? Right. My husband's husband's vulnerability, my brother's vulnerability, the men I know, their vulnerability as culture, in a patriarchal culture, their vulnerability has helped me usher myself into a more relaxed, loving conversation about my own aging body. What do we think Uh, about that? Oh, that's so wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think you know a lot of my friends are roughly the same age, and some younger actually. And um, and they're like, yeah, well, I got the little pot belly, or I got the da da da. And they say it in like sweeter words than I would use. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a nice way to do it. And you're right. I feel mm-hmm. relieved that I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. hanging out with a bunch of mm-hmm. rock hard thirty year olds. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> do you remember exactly? Do you guys remember that movie? Seven Days and Seven Nights, Harrison Ford's in a plane with Anne Hesh. Hesh I uh, do. And he says, honey, you got, you were overthinking this about men. Just get naked. Just show up. Yep. You know what uh-huh. I mean? That really, this is sort of like th- that essential sense of who we are being so exterior centric in our exactly. 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. right? The pressure of it. And, Kathy, you talked about it. That starts to soften. We start to make different decisions. We start to become more interior-oriented, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. as we face it. So these are, yeah, these are some of the skills that we naturally find along the way, correct? Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So that being said, let's turn our attention now to sort of the, the mechanistics of sex itself. We talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the program. Kathy, you you talked about men having difficulty uh, getting and maintaining an erection. We've got all kinds of pharmaceutical ads everywhere. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm the idea of a man with a four-hour heart on is terrifying to me. But no, thank you. That is to invent the five-minute Viagra pills. You know, like exactly. Now, can can that reminds me of something I would love to just ask about. So I think it's so interesting that men think that the bigger their penis, the more exciting it is for us. And I am Mm -hmm. completely the opposite of that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't, you know, I I remember I worked with this guy and he's like, I said something about, oh, I was dating this guy, but, you know, honestly, his dick was too big. I couldn't handle it. And he's like, you are so not gay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was like Mm -hmm. a gay guy. And in their world, apparently that is a great thing. And, you know, it's like, but I think men... You know, they have a different perspective about what we want. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a four-hour hard-on. Never. Mm-hmm. You know? Not a so, there. Yeah. You end up in the ER. What do you I'm think, Kathy? You. <laughs> right. Kathy, what are your thoughts here? 
No, I agree. It's how you use it. It's how you make sure make the other one feel. Mm-hmm. It's not always always about intercourse. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So men have their own stigma around bigger is better, and yep, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of social um, ideas and and imprinting around their anatomy and all of that. We got that exactly. So exactly. that, that being said, you know, men have their own cross to bear in that regard. Let's talk a little bit about how I, one of my clients was telling me recently, <clears throat> she's single, she's been single for a number of years, but now she's finally interested in getting back out there, and she said, I can't even imagine inviting a man into my bed. I have hot flashes, I have crystals all over my bed, <laughs> you know, I, I have many toys that I'm ashamed mm-hmm. of. We're going to break, but we're going to talk about bridging the gap here about I love it. sex and a man or a partner when we get back right after these messages right here on Real Time Relationships. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. Dating Over 40 explores real-time concerns people have about dating, mating, and relating. You're invited into the intimate world of my amazing clients who generously agreed to share their experience. The people like you who risk their vulnerability and have the courage to tell their stories and intimate concerns to help you make a difference in your relationships and your life. Tune in to Dating Over 40, or if you'd like your own private sessions, visit MarianneCamarado.com. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended, delivered straight to your home or office, economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to you now. If you're over 40, you have particular concerns about dating and relationships. You've been engaged or married at least once, have children, or realize you can't. Suddenly you're using technology as part of a new dating culture. You may be stressed by sexual concerns, diminishing libido, worrying about having sex with an older face and an older body. Despite being older and wiser, you don't want to give up the juicy, fun parts that relationship has to offer. And now, you don't have to. Go to MarianneCamarado.com and find out how. Tune in the fourth Wednesday of each month, dating over 40 at 9 a.m. Pacific time on HealthyLife.net. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net.
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about sex and your aging body. Yeah, not our aging body, only your aging body. Teresa, you said something <laughs> during the break. You said something so potent. I'm not the only one. Say yeah. more about that. Well, not the you only know, one. I think we, we have these thoughts, and because it's a subject that is not something you can really talk about with a lot of people, um, you kind of keep them to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's so liberating to be talking to both of you and hearing your perspective because it's like my perspective. Like, mm -hmm. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But it's just so comforting to know that, you know, you're not in this alone, That's you know. Right. Exactly right. And you're certainly not, and neither are our listeners. You are not alone. You are tuned into the right place because going down deep into these conversations, as we said earlier, that's how healing happens yeah. in relationships. So thank you for that, Teresa. And, and by the way, when we were talking, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about sort of the gender, you know, the story about men versus women. And we know we'll get to the different genders on other programs and, and how this relates to aging and sexuality uh, in another program. Right now we're sort of focusing on the heterosexual aspect of this conversation, although many of these things do apply outside of those parameters. But I found something really fascinating when I was doing research for this show, um, a, a Harvard study uh, looking at the different uh, brains, men's brain versus women's brain. And I know there's so much neuromania going on out there. People just love to talk about the brain and what we know about neuroscience. I'll tell you, my professor when I was in school, said he was so brilliant. He was at UCLA, Roger Dafter, and he said, you know what, first of all, Take whatever you think you know about the brain and know that it's nothing. <laughs> we, know, we know almost next to nothing. We know a lot of stuff lights up in the brain. We know some basic things, but there's more that we don't know than we do know, basically, right? So that being said, in the spirit of that, you know, neuroscience and research is all very interesting, but one of the things it loves to do and, and people love to do is they love to take a little bit of information, a partial truth, and then run with it. Mm -hmm. That being said, in the spirit of that, I'm going to get on that bandwagon. <laughs> well, because women really feel like they've gotten the shaft. Okay, I said mm -hmm. it. We really have. <laughs> we really have. Fancy at the skinny end of that stick. But here's some new research, ladies, that I thought was interesting. A new research yeah. from a Harvard report shows that overall gray matter in men's brain reduces faster than in a woman's brain. What? Uh, wow. That, check it out. That men's brains age faster. Give me a whoop. Yay! I know. Well, I mean, more specifically, it says women have more gray matter in their hippocampus, which is how information goes from one side of the brain to the other. And right. it's associated with memory. And, and while men have a bigger caudate nucleus, which is involved in controlling their movements and how their brain speaks to other parts, uh, in general, their brains age faster. So I just thought I'd throw that little bit of trivia well, out there. That, because, you know what? You know, I like that because I've always dated younger men, so that makes me uh, feel like I was just actually just tuned into the fact that we're actually more, you know, on the right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because I have a rule. It's like I can go ten, ten years either way. Yeah. Right. So. There you go. Right. With that yeah. range, and today mm -hmm. we can do that. That's another piece that we don't want to climb over here. Today, those um, ideas and those traditional uh, 
uh, ideas and taboos have really softened and in women's favor. So, yes. ladies, you have been able to explore all kinds of things, including being able to speak openly about sex, being able to converse with your partner, being able to uh, be involved in this kind of a conversation versus our mothers, right, who many of oh. us were so repressed and it was you were you, you had two choices for archetypes mother or whore right yep. you're certainly not one or the other right so, and hopefully a little of each you know that number that you say right. that you know I want you to that's be the mother right. in the house and the whore in the right. bedroom or whatever yeah right. so you had to be and, one or the other there was no in between right. Yeah. right and now we are getting to choose and explore all of the multiple parts of ourselves that being said let's Let's ease our way back into the conversation around sex and the mechanistics around sex proper. Like, how do we get in the conversation? And before I, we went to the break, I said I had a, a, a client recently who was saying, I, I don't even know how to get into the conversation. I'm 60-plus years old. I'm dating. Someone touches me, and now I'm clamming up because I'm so frightened of how to move into intimacy because I have so much judgment about my body. I haven't mm -hmm. been out there in a long time. Teresa, mm -hmm. you can speak to this. What's coming I up sure for can. you? Yeah. Well, for, I mean, honestly, like every, like a lot of, say a lot of my friends that care about, they're like, you know, how come, you know, do you want to get in a relationship? Or, and I, you know, I said, the problem is I don't want anyone to see me naked. So I don't know how you're in a relationship, and, I, and you know, and it's really interesting because I have a feeling that uh, most guys would actually want to see me naked, you know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. If they're telling you they like the way you look, mm -hmm. they love the way you believe me, it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I have this weird like filter, and it's the same thing. Like, and then I, you know, like I said, the last, literally, the last experience I had with a man. You know, it was when I realized that something was going on and things weren't moving in and out of my vagina like they used to. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like the same as a guy that can't get an erection to me. Right. Like right. that feeling of, oh my God, my body just let me down and I don't know how to fix it. Right. Well, you almost so, feel like you're less of a woman. Yes. When you're like that. I'm like, oh, so I have a dead mm -hmm. vagina. So yeah, I might as well just mm -hmm. give up on sex completely. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, is, and it, which is kind of what I've done, and I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> well, and there's two things in there if we unpack that, and I understand that you and Kathy have been having a conversation about some some ways to remedy that, and we're going to mm -hmm. get to that in a second. But one of the things that women are doing, and our research is showing, that more women are remaining single. Now, there's other research uh, out there, Harvard research, I, I don't know why I'm into Harvard today, but <laughs> Harvard <laughs> research shows women between the ages of 40 and 65 who place greater importance on sex are more likely to stay active as they age. Now that being said, that being said, I'm listening to you, Teresa, and I'm saying there's an importance there, but there's something blocking that, which is that sort of self-shame, the body shame, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And and Kathy, you've been able to move past that. So let's talk about the psychological aspect here, Kathy, in your case, bringing forward again that you just made a decision. This is who I am. I feel good enough in my body, and I have a partner who reflects that. How, has, how does that continue to play out for you in the arena of sex with your partner? How does it... 
Yeah, how is that continuing to serve you? That is that a story that you need to go ongoing? Because you're aging every year, right? Yeah, every every year. year. Yeah, every year there's and a new something sliding down your leg. Could oh, be your rear oh, end. Uh huh. That's not as firm as it used to be, but I, you know what? It's working because so is his. Right. Yeah. Right. And we communicate it. Right. Right. I, you know, I get we communicate to each other how sexy we feel towards each other. Mm-hmm. So does sexy then become that more interior-based sense of yourself that we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. does. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when you feel good about yourself and your partner's telling you you feel, you can't help but radiate it and you feel good, which is it's almost like a snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So it becomes the maybe the what you used to fixate on a, a twelve pack. Now we have a keg. And <laughs> we're, we're a very soft keg, by the way, but that's okay. Or a, or a yeah. box wine versus a change and we get back after the break we're going to talk some more about that how our tastes change and more importantly what we can do to feel better about our bodies and sex and we return right here on uh, real-time relationships with mary and back in just a minute Dating Over 40 explores real-time concerns people have about dating, mating, and relating. You're invited into the intimate world of my amazing clients who've generously agreed to share their experience. To people like you who risk their vulnerability and have the courage to tell their stories and intimate concerns to help you make a difference in your relationships and your life. Tune in to Dating Over 40. Or if you'd like your own private sessions, visit MarianneCamarado.com. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. If you're over 40, you have particular concerns about dating and relationships. You've been engaged or married at least once, have children, or realize you can't. Suddenly, you're using technology as part of a new dating culture. You may be stressed by sexual concerns, diminishing libido, worrying about having sex with an older face and an older body. Despite being older and wiser, you don't want to give up the juicy, fun parts that relationship has to offer. And now, you don't have to. Go to MarianneCamarado.com and find out how. Tune in the fourth Wednesday of each month, dating over 40 at 9 a.m. Pacific time on HealthyLife.net. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at it 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward, and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net.
ladies. So this is our last segment, and we have covered, you're just talking about during the break, we've covered the social aspects, the aging and sex. We've talked about the emotional or psychological experience we have of ourselves, of each other, our perceptions of the culture, men, et cetera, having a partner versus not, and so forth. And now we're emphasizing a little bit the actual mechanistic of sexuality, and during the break it came up again, the, the pain, the discomfort uh, in, uh, that women often experience, uh, the sweating. Uh, my, my, you know, it's my client said she doesn't even know how to not only say the words, but what will she do when she gets the man there because she's not comfortable in her body. Uh, it's, it's causing all kinds of psychic distress as well. Teresa, you, you want to tell us something. Tell us a story about what happened for you because you, you found it very painful yourself and you just found some relief to that. Yeah, so, okay, that was literally two years ago when I had that experience. And it felt like a wall had gone up and that there was no way that someone could penetrate me. It hurt that bad. And and I was so wigged out by it that I just, like, I guess I'm just not going to have sex anymore. And then cut to, like, literally a couple weeks ago when I learned about, Kathy, what's the name of that? E-Trace. E-Trace, I think it is, or S-Trace. Yeah, and it's, you can actually, you know, squirt it inside of you, and it will revitalize your vagina. And then I'm talking to my friend the other day, literally two days ago, because she had some, because she's in her late fifties and she was having some issues. And so she sent a friend, and I mentioned that to her, and she's like, "Oh my God, my friend, it completely changed her marriage. She too just found out about this, and it's like she goes, her skin looks better." She's moist again. She wants to have sex all the time. Like, literally, it was life-changing, and it's a game-changer. And for me, psychologically, when I realized it was an option, it changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. but it, and you don't know about this stuff. I, I, I never knew about, about it because I was having sex, and I tore. And let me tell you how embarrassing that was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And painful, I imagine, right? You know, it was once you it wasn't the painful because it was just but I couldn't stop the bleeding. I bled ah. for four hours. Oh my god. I hemorrhaged for four hours. Wow. And you know, then you start thinking, Okay, what kind of woman am I? I'm I've lost it, I can't do this. I went to my doctor the next day and she goes, Okay, you tore here, you're fine. Believe it or not, this is common and I looked at her and I said, Well, why are people not, why aren't doctors telling women that are going through menopause about this? Mm -hmm. How did, why did I find out about it after I tore? Mm -hmm. Right, which is part of why the both of you signed up for uh, having this very intimate therapeutic conversation because you want other women to know. The ones that don't know, there are choices, there are laser treatments, there are gels, there are um, hormone uh, treatment therapy. There's something uh, in Marin County, there's a woman, which I'm in Northern California, who offers something called the Mona Lisa Touch. I have clients and, and friends who've used it, and you can rebuild the vaginal wall and stimulate it and uh, wow. lubrication. Yeah, it's called Mona Lisa Touch. Um, it's not painful, and there's no downtime, and there wow. are even and the Italians invented it, of course. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Hey, not on my watch." <laughs> 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 so, absolutely. So 
what are some other things we want to leave our listeners with in terms of uh, even based on this conversation that we might invite our listeners into a, uh, a healing uh, conversation with themselves physically, emotionally, mentally. Kathy, what do we want to leave folks with today? I want to, is to love yourself, love your body, be proud of who you've become. You're not the same person in your 20s, and be thankful you're not that same person. You're so much wiser. And with wisdom, changes have to happen, unfortunately. Thank you. And Teresa, how about you? I think that I just would like to leave people with the thought that, you know, getting old doesn't have to be a death sentence, and you kind of was feeling that way to me in some way, death of certain activities in my life that I used to really enjoy and embrace. And I'm really feeling like, you know, I, I just was uninformed. And I think that information is so powerful. And I got to tell you, when, when I went to menopause, I had no idea that it was going to be the way it was. No idea. And, um, and I found it really comforting when I had other friends going through it and my sisters were going through it and, you know, we could talk to each other. So I think that, you know, when, when sisters come together, and I'm talking sisterhood, it is so powerful and it is so, it gives us such support that I hope that you do a lot of conversations like this on your show because I think that it's going to be so, so helpful. And especially to women, they may not have sisters or a lot of women friends, you know? Thank you for that. And absolutely, I think together we're doing something that I'm calling uh, revisioning the feminine. Redefining redefining sexuality. So on that note, ladies, I'm going to ask you both this sort of pop quiz question. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were going to redefine what's sexy, I'm going to give you each an opportunity to say, just on the fly, what is sexy? Redefine sexy for yourself. Meaning what makes us feel sexy or what we find? Whatever. Take it wherever you want to go. Oh, okay. Teresa, go ahead. What's sexy? If you were going to read, how about this? If you were going to redefine what sexy means for you, mm-hmm. what would you tell us? Well, I think what sexy means for me is self-acceptance mm-hmm. and uh, embracing humanity and each other. Mm-hmm. Right, and I can even feel the heart in that and the soul in that. Yeah, because when right. you like, when you really embrace our fellow humans mm-hmm. and you're drawn to them, mm-hmm. it's really yeah. sexy. That's right. And I'm going to add, I'm going to just thank you for that. And, Kathy, I'm going to get to you in one second, but I'm going to add that when I work with clients um, and ones that are getting back out there in relationship, we literally slow things down to this speed where the sound of someone's voice, the cadence of their walk, the gesture, the movement, the style in which someone approaches something. These nuances become the new, the, the, the portal for sexuality. They become sensuality. We start to embrace that through the deeper layer, what I'm calling the sensuality of sexuality. Do we like oh that? Oh, my God, I'm totally getting chills as you're saying that. Absolutely. You know what you're right. <laughs> 